0: Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYourSixCoffee.com where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about about Eric and his freshly roasted, award-winning coffee at GotYourSixCoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, had the honor and privilege of speaking with Jenny Lee. This is the second appearance Jenny has made on the show. She's a recognized expert in the fields of yoga therapy and spiritual living. She's taught classical yoga and meditation for over 20 years and coached private clients in the practices that integrate life spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I'm so glad she's taken time to share with all of us her new book, that has never been more essential for our mental health and ability to face our world's challenges than during COVID-19. Jenny, aloha, and welcome back to Get Up Nation Show.
1: Aloha, thank you, Ben. So excited (laughs) to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome. Jenny, I've been looking forward to sharing with Get Up Nation your brand new book, It's called Spark Change, 108 Provocative Questions for Spiritual Evolution. With the tremendous challenges the world is facing right now and the increased isolation, it truly is a special opportunity for us to engage in some introspection and grow. Would you agree?
1: You know it, you know, I would always, I think is essential for introspection, but particularly now that we've been forced to slow down and kind of stay inside, it really is. And because we're at such a critical juncture in, in time collectively, and so many changes are at our doorstep, whether we like it or not. And if we're not conscious going into this next chapter, it could be bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think looking inward and asking some real deep questions about what we value most and how we can move forward as consciously as possible is super important.
0: Absolutely. You write in the book, there's a moment when we know that we're ready for more, a deeper understanding of life, a more profound experience of it. No one can make us ready and no one can stop us once this desire awakens within us. How does your book help people lay hold of that deeper experience?
1: think sometimes people feel kind of this general sense of malaise, discontent, depression, just like something isn't right. I don't feel good. And, but they don't really know what that's pointing at or how to get clear about what they're supposed to do about that. And what I really hope with this book, Spark Change, is that the questions that I lay out in the 12 different sections or themes will be a starting point for people to get clarity by asking themselves questions that maybe they've never thought of before. I find that questions, thought-provoking questions, really get people to think outside their normal box. You know, we all get really repetitive in our thinking, and sometimes it takes that other person, like a coach or a therapist to introduce just kind of a new way of looking at it. And a lot of the writing of this book came from my coaching practice and the questions that I've asked clients over the years and the process of change that I've taken people through and have seen work for people. This is a way for me to put that into a lot more people's hands for them to work through on their own. If they, you know, not everybody has the money or the time to work with somebody else, but this way they can pick the book up and they can browse through the questions and they'll, they will inevitably find one out of 108 that'll speak to their heart. And I I've been saying like one question, could change your life. Really, the so right question.
0: To alter our thinking or to break through that cyclical thinking, those those habitual thoughts, to kind of jolt us out of that, truly that can alter an, an entire person's life. Absolutely agree with you know, 100%. How have you noticed COVID-19 shaping our consciousness? And what positive ways have you noticed in people in our world as we band together to face these challenges?
1: Well, I think the people who are going to come out of this well are the people who are taking the time to reevaluate their lives and look really closely at what matters most. I think the people on the flip side of that, I think the people who are going to suffer the most and not come out of this well are the ones who are just throwing blame around. Yeah. So, we've all collectively come to this point in history. We've all been participants in choices up until now, and we have to take accountability responsibility for where we go from there. And that starts at every person's doorstep. So whereas maybe I can't change what's happening in Washington, other than voting, I can make changes in my own life in terms of how I show up every day into relationships, how, how I walk in the world. And that's the accountability factor that I think we all have.
0: That touches on one of the questions that I, that I had for you. One thing that I've frequently been discussing with members of Get Up Nation is the truth about what we can control and what we can't, especially in an election year where there's lots of promises that are being made. Many people are wanting other people and leaders to spark change that, that they prefer, but we can become very frustrated in our societal processes when these leaders ignore realities that matter to us or take an action contrary to our belief system. It can cause us to spiral into anxiety, fear, anger. How powerful is it though, when we begin to recognize what we do have control over, how we can basically respond to the form of the present moment and recognize the richness of opportunity that is right there, that we can create tremendous good in our lives. How important is that shift from that kind of helpless experience into understanding what we can control and recognizing the opportunity of the now?
1: Well, I think you you actually gave the answer within your question, which (laughs) is that empowerment process is when we step back into recognizing that although we can't always control the circumstances around us in our life, stuff does (laughs) happen to us. We are always empowered in how we respond to it. So we always have a choice. And it doesn't matter how many crappy things happen and it actually doesn't matter how many crappy things we've done we always have a choice every single moment we have the choice to come back in a new frame of mind a more empowered frame of mind a more clear frame of mind where we just say i'm going to choose differently and i'm going to i'm going to ask for help or i'm going to be more courageous and standing up for what i believe is true or you know so many ways but it's that owning what is within us to control and that's always available and you know there's so many stories throughout history of people who have been imprisoned even unjustly imprisoned and they never give up their will they never give up that human ability to decide how we show up to any moment and that that's the ultimate empowerment really
0: it's truly a profound resilience when you recognize the power of that present moment and recognizing, you know, past decisions that we've made are that's gone and we can learn. We can make a new future by recognizing a different way to happen in the now. And these questions are great opportunities for each person to get some of that introspection, to get those directed questions into us so that we can really you know, make the most of that present moment, gain insight and wisdom from the past that maybe we were not, are, are not happy with, or maybe we're, we're tired of going home angry or, or watching the news and feeling outraged, and we want something bigger and better for all of us. So then we can wade through the, the wealth of this book, of the questions, and, and let it form in us something bigger and better than what we're used to. One of the questions that I love a lot is, what can I learn from the most challenging person in my life? This is a powerful question that challenges us to get past what's convenient and really get into the work of being made better by our challenges, really digging into why a person disturbs or troubles us. And you write about how repeated patterns will continue to repeat until the lesson is learned. I think that's super powerful. Will you share a few of the questions that, that really resonate with you as you, as, as you wrote the book, some of the questions that, that really were special to you?
1: Yeah, well that one is definitely a great one. And it's one I've had to sit with a lot throughout my life. We all have people that we feel challenged by and you know people are our mirrors and these are this is not just the people in our close environments but also people on the world stage that we feel triggered by. And I think the part of our personal growth is looking at who triggers us and why and how whatever quality we're feeling triggered by in them actually lives within us and then On the flip side of that the people that we admire sometimes it's hard to see how those really noble qualities also live in us and we need to again take accountability responsibility for all sides we need to step into our beauty and our power and our goodness our light as we see other people that maybe we think oh that's easy for them, but it's not easy for anyone. And so we each have that choice. And we also have to own that dark side, you know, the shadow side where we see someone acting counter to what we feel is right. And yet we all do that, right? We all, we all trigger other people. So we've got to own all sides of it. So this concept of like, what do we learn from people? How can we take any circumstance that's challenging and turn it into a lesson, turn it into a point of growth? It's like lifting weights, you know, it's like we don't gain any muscle strength if we're just lifting a tiny little weight. It requires challenge. It requires those difficult people in difficult situations for us to get stronger,
0: yeah, how powerful is that to go from like being ultra irritated to being like, wow, okay, this person is actually making me better if I take this situation and learn from it or grow from it. And then that person that is so irritating to you, you actually get a sense of gratitude for because your experience of interacting with them has made you uh, you know better, deeper, richer in, in who you are. I think that's a wonderful thing, especially in a highly charged world that is we're largely just yelling back and forth and not listening to each other. So to take that bold move of just saying, you know, I'm going to make this into something that makes me better, makes me healthier, and grows from it. That's that's something I think that we all could have a little more of in our life. Tell me more. What's happening with the book? What are your appearances coming up? And tell me more about what you've been getting into.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just doing a ton of podcasts and Zoom events. There's an event Link on my website where people can find out where I'll be offering live. Talks and you know interactive workshops. There's you know that's the good part of COVID is that I can appear in Pennsylvania or (laughs) Massachusetts, you know, and I don't have to leave my little island home here. (laughs) And gosh, let's see. I continue to work on my own practice. This is an ongoing thing. It's not like one and done. Go through the questions, check the boxes, and this is this is something that we grow with. And I think anybody can pick up this book and just open it to a random question and find something that will really be impactful. And every time we do that, whether it's now or a year from now, it's going to bring something different up. And so, as you well know, the the practice of personal growth is, is the lifelong one. And I know I'm in it daily and <laughs> certainly trying to utilize this time, this very particular time to the fullest for Seeing what I how I can grow and how I can become more serviceful, and you know, one you asked me about one of my favorite questions or favorite questions. It's really how can I be of service right now? Because I think there is so much suffering, and you and I were talking about that that you don't have to look far for to find a way to help someone. And until we begin to value this collective body, human body that we're all a part of, and really value the the upliftment of all of us, we're in trouble. And the divisions tear us apart. And so we don't have to believe all the same things, but we can look to the solutions together. We can look at the compromises. We can look at how we can help each other. And this happens from the day-to-day, how you interact with just the people around you, to the highest levels of politics and everything else, world, families. So I just think keeping in mind, how can I help? How can I be in service? That's, that's the one for me right now.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love brave people. That's what I love is I love brave people who are willing to go into the darkness and make themselves vulnerable and not just, you know, a hard charging in. Like when people do that, then they just get tore up themselves. So to have people who understand mindfulness, who like you have done with your life, you have lived a life of love. And it's, it's not about fixing people or making them believe a certain way or forcing them to be what we think they should be, et cetera. But it is a voice of compassion. It's a voice of of care. It's a voice of, of health that you're communicating to people who are suffering and, and, you know, people who are in so much pain that their mind takes them to the point where they want to take their own life, or they're just so irritated that they don't have a quality of life or the people that were close to them are no longer close to them because it's hard to be around them. Though we have never needed more healing, more kind, more people dedicated to creating what you described here, you know, unifying into love, unifying into this transcendent Loving presence that where we find the fullness of who we are and realize how connected we are to other people. Never been more needed. What are some cool things that you've seen happen here? What day does it go live?
1: officially launching on September 8. I've had okay. early readers who have responded really well to it. A lot of people seem to be really excited about the, the potential for impact in lots of people's lives. Really, wherever someone is in their journey, I think they're going to find something of interest. It's an easy, fun little book to pop yeah. into and just keep on your table. I love hearing people, hearing the questions that people respond to, and it's interesting that over and over I'm hearing certain ones. Wow. And I am to go through the book and like mark what those were because there is we're part of this collective consciousness right so there is kind of this movement that we all are going through and so the one you called out earlier how can i learn from the most challenging person in my life that's a big one i mean people are feeling challenged by other people we're all in close quarters and, yeah you know, so, <laughs> so that's to reflect on. yeah it's really fun to see what people key into and It's going to be interesting to see the ones that never get mentioned too. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, (laughs) I really do want to reinforce what what we just said is that understanding, bringing understanding to one another. You know, we talked about some pretty high concepts there, love and compassion. And sometimes it's just, you got to just break it down to, being willing to sit in a room with somebody who is vastly different and has vastly different beliefs, but try to understand them. Because if you can't even offer that kind of presence, you were talking about mindfulness presence in this moment, if we can't just be with one another, understand somebody else's point of view, understand their point of pain and suffering and what's gotten them to that point of view, you know, then we can start to meet each other at a deeper level. And it's not just battle of the wills, but you know, it's like, well, what do we have in common here? How can I step out of judgment and look at, well, what do I have in common and how can I find, Find that point of commonality. You know, when I meet somebody new, I'm always looking for what do I have in common with this person? Mm-hmm. How can I find that?
0: That's an excellent way. And people don't recognize seriously, truly how powerful it is just to be there and be present and just the non-judgmental presence of listening and how, you know, people can have a lot of anxiety about meeting somebody, especially somebody who's going through something painful or who is suffering. And so, it's just certainly good to help people with mental health or mental illness with, with therapists and with professionals. Certainly that's that's valid. At the same time, it's you know, if you're not that, you can still provide presence, you can still provide you can still communicate in ways that you care about them and that you're there for them. And you're and to be non-judgmental and just to be present often heals a number of wounds. Sometimes people just need to get it out to share it with somebody who is kind. And sometimes we forget about how powerful that alone can be. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. No question. You know, and one thing I say about the this book and the questions is you don't have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. It's about just being with it, being present with the question, because that spaciousness that we create in our own minds when we drop a question in and we don't rush to get the answer. It allows a much deeper understanding to unfold. And the same is true for personally. If we go into a situation where we think we have to have an answer or a solution for somebody else, we're not going to get very far. It's way better, especially if someone is hurting, to just bring, like you said, your kind and your listening ear, you don't have to have answers for them. People are really good at finding their own answers, yeah, but right. they need that space, They need space held for them where it can just be okay for them to go through it and get there in their own time.
0: Yeah. You know, it's often been said, you know, people are doing the best that they can and you know oftentimes if they're facing a challenge it just kind of exacerbates their frustration if we just try to say well why don't you do this why don't you do this sometimes it becomes insulting because they you know they say don't you think i've thought of that already like you know it can only sometimes that leads to an escalation whereas whereas just simply being like Let me hear what you're going through. Like, I remember talking with human trafficking victims who had been sexually assaulted. I remember sitting in jails at night and listening to people with addictions and who attempted suicide that night and, you know, all these different things and all these people in these ER rooms. And the best thing that came from all of that was simply shutting my mouth and just listening being like, if you want to talk, we're going to be here for the next four, six, eight hours, whatever it is. If you're ready to talk, I'm here to listen. And you really start to recognize that, you know, when you meet somebody new, they are truly not just the person you met that day. They have a lifetime of experiences and they will surprise you when you, when you set the stage or set that foundation to just show them respect, where you treat them as if they have value because they do. And so many times where family or friends have treated them as if they don't have value, sometimes people are extra sensitive to needing that, just needing that moment of saying, look, you have value. And I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to validate their feelings of that sounds awful what you've been through. I can't imagine experiencing that myself. And what a miracle it is that you're still here now. What a miracle it is that the suicide attempt didn't work or that, you know, that you're still here. It's a miracle. And it's it's just something with so many people dealing with so many internal challenges and trying to navigate that internal terrain, trying to find what you offer here, This this deep, rich wealth of being able to face our challenges in a healthy way and get through it without, you know, getting lost in all of that pain and getting so raw that we're just looking for an end for things. Those moments of sitting there, of listening, of just connecting as people, that alone can save a life. So it's nice to know that we don't necessarily have to have all the answers. And sometimes it's just meeting people who are trying to answer the same question that we find something articulated that's beautiful and whole.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to know that, you know, the human journey, the human life is messy. It's just messy and hard. And this is just a terribly hard school. And some people have just the worst deck of cards handed to them at the beginning and just every disadvantage and it, it sucks and it's just hard. But what's important to remember is that Each one of us is more than our human story. We are, in my opinion, a spark of divine light and we're here for a reason. So like you were saying, it's a miracle that you're here. It is a miracle that each one of us is here and each one of us who is living and breathing today in this time is here for a reason. We have a purpose. And to reclaim that spiritual essence of who we are And put all the human junk to the side and just say, I'm not all that old story. I'm not. I don't have to be that. I can be something completely new from this moment on. It is my choice where I go from here. And I don't have to identify with all of the baggage. I can choose to become a brighter, more kind, more courageous person right now. And so I just believe that there's always potential for humans
0: that's right. That's right. It's always good to be around people like you who orient us to this and help us get out of that that darkness that tries to tell us we're less than we are because it is miraculous to be here. It's miraculous to, to speak with people who live in this way, who give these gifts to others, who we get real good at telling ourselves we're not worth it. Our systems often tell us that. Our systems are not something that help us thrive or say what they say they will be, but we're creating new systems. We're hungry for it. The world is hungry for the change that you're sparking this emotional intelligence this depth of experience this unity this connectedness and this ultra intelligent understanding of the miracle of living and being aware of it jenny anything else you'd like to talk about today any concerns you have that you want people to be aware of if people are down any advice what else would you like get up nation to know
1: just an encouragement for people that no matter what level of pain you are in right now, you can turn that pain into purpose and have the right and the ability to choose to give meaning to the things that have been difficult in our lives. And it really is our, our painful points, our painful experiences are what encourage what in- in fact, give us the most strength. It's what give us the the gifts to give forward, to pay forward. And we can use those, we can use the crappy things that we've all been through to help another. And in doing that, we all benefit and it's never too late. It's never too late. So
0: awesome. Get up and go. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I love it. And we did this before. This is what I love too, your book. So you can read it today for the person that you are today. And then in a year from now, if you read that book again, it'll still bring value to you. I, I would recommend that people read it once a year to revisit these questions and really view, you know, the depth of their evolution and to to really celebrate as a celebratory way to live so deep and rich. And last time I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. And so I'm wondering, Now, if we do the same six questions again, what answers you may have as we've gone uh, a number of months past the other episode that we did? Would you like to run through these six quick questions?
1: Yeah, and I'd be so curious to know what my answers were last time. We'll (laughs) see. (laughs) I'll go back and find the recording from the (laughs) episode.
0: Yeah. All right. The first question is Who are you thankful for today?
1: I'm thankful for my husband. He is my greatest supporter.
0: Awesome. And what are you thankful for today?
1: I'm thankful that I got to be a mom in this life and equal to my husband. I'm also grateful for my son. And that's been the greatest gift.
0: That's awesome. How do you fuel the fire within you?
1: A lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, and a lot of just returning to my highest intention, which is to live a loving life. Awesome.
0: What is one thing adversity taught you to value?
1: Honestly, your word resilience. Adversity has taught me to value resilience because I know how strong I am today, and I'm way stronger now in my 50s than I was in my 20s.
0: Awesome! All right, and what are you doing today? You never thought you could.
1: Oh, publishing a book was sounds true. Yeah, (laughs) I am so awesome. True.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How awesome is that? It's so great. What will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could?
1: Hopefully, surf an uh, overhead wave. I actually I have surfed an overhead wave once before. It was terrifying, but there's a big swell <laughs> coming, and I'm going surfing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: was, I was gonna I was gonna ask if you're allowed to surf there still or not or what the rules are. Yeah. That's great. Jeff awesome. yes,
1: can't keep us from the water. We better not try to keep the Hawaiians from the water. Nice. <laughs> It'd be All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I'm happy to hear it. All right, Jenny, how can people learn more about you and your amazing work?
1: My website is my name, Yogatherapy.com. The book Spark Change is on all major booksellers, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, indie stores, published by Sounds True. You can get it there or, yep, you can get an excerpt, a free excerpt on my website, Yogatherapy.com.
0: It's so worth it, people. Get the book. Get the book. Follow Jenny. Learn about the amazing things she's doing. There'll be more amazing things to come. Thank you for watching this episode of Get Up Nation.